Have you ever said, I don't like managing money? I'm going to presume that you have at least once or twice said it. But I'm curious, when you have, was it because of frustration in the moment? Or is this actually a persistent, ongoing feeling for you? The statement, I don't like managing money, makes me wonder if you swapped out the word money and inserted another relationship, especially one that is important to you, would you feel the same way? And would you allow it to be a persistent feeling? Hello, 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 and welcome to More Than Money, a podcast where we have nuanced conversations about money, business, and life, where we take the time to explore the intersections of the psychology and emotions of money while respecting the math of it. Because you know, these are the elements that impact your results, your feelings, and your experiences. I'm your host, Jaquette Timmons, and I am really, really glad you've taken the time to tune in today. It's summertime, so we've put pause on hosting events until September, but we have not put a pause on coaching, and I do have available coaching slots. So if you appreciate the insight working with a coach brings, if you want to go further, faster, than you would on your efforts alone and you are an implementer and there's just something nagging you when it comes to money, let's chat. Let's explore if there's a way that I can help you. You can go to jaquettetimmons.com forward slash S-P-N-B, answer a few questions and then schedule a date and time that works for you. Again, it's jaquettetimmons.com forward slash S-P-N-B. And if you're curious, that stands for successful, profitable, and not broke. Not broke financially, energetically, and or creatively. Now, on to today's show. Do you remember Fresh Prince's 1991 Grammy award-winning song? Summer, summer, summertime, summertime. Time to sit back and unwind. It's kind of hard to sing those lyrics and, and lyrics and not have a broad smile come across my face. And it's appropriate because it is summertime. It's July when I'm recording this. And I am curious, how are you planning to sit back and unwind? Send me a DM on Instagram and let me know. As for me, This week kicks off the start of our summer 2021 series, bringing to your ears the best of from the archives from my blog, but spruced up a tad bit. So think of this as a top 10 countdown, and today is number 10. Because yes, I want you to take time to enjoy the festivities of the season, and hopefully that includes some rest and rejuvenation. But guess what? Your money doesn't need to take a vacation. And I want to make sure you stay on track with your money and all of the ways in which it impacts your life and your business. Beginning with this reminder, money is one of the longest relationships that you will have. 
If you've been in my world for a bit of time, this is not the first time, nor will it be the last, that you'll hear me say this. This is a statement that I am fond of reminding people of in my writing, in my coaching sessions, during my speaking engagements, and yes, here on the pod, because I believe it to be true. That's for starters. But I also believe it's one of the ways that I can get you to focus on how your relationship with money is analogous to any relationship that is of significance to you. Whether we're talking about money or another important relationship, it's multi-layered, it's complex, it's nuanced, and it is absolutely emotional. And just like those other relationships that are important to you, your relationship with money requires work. It requires your attention. It requires your commitment. And so this is why my ears always perk up when people express some version of, I don't like managing money. Because it makes me wonder if they swapped out money and inserted any relationship that, that was of importance to them, would they still feel the same way, especially if they were expressing that sentiment of, I don't like managing money on a consistent basis, right? It wasn't just because of something that happened in the moment that just kind of, you know, had them feeling frustrated and overwhelmed and exasperated, but it's something that they feel persistently. It makes me wonder about that. And I think some of the, or one of the reasons I should say that someone might say I don't like managing money and have that be a persistent statement is because they have a love-hate nature or a a love-hate relationship with money. So they love earning it, but they hate dealing with other aspects of it. So, okay, maybe the emotional spectrum of love-hate is a bit too dramatic, but hopefully you get my point. And here's my point. Every relationship, even the best of them, will hit a bump in the road. And so when people say, I don't like managing money, I don't know sometimes if it's because they hit a bump in the road and they just need to get to the other side or what. And to me, this is one of the reasons why when it comes to any relationship, be it with money or any other kind of relationship, you can't be lazy. And definitions are important. So let me be clear about what I mean when I use the word lazy in this instance. You're not making any effort. You're taking things or people for granted. And you are devaluing the importance of doing the quote unquote little things. So here are a few examples of what being lazy where money is concerned and what, what, what that can look like. And there are three in particular, saving, investing, and spending. Lazy, when it comes to saving, looks like you're not doing it, even if it's a small amount, and you're not doing it due to other pressing financial obligations. Being lazy when it comes to investing means you're not doing it, either due to a lack of interest, a lack of knowledge, or fear, a fear of losing what you have invested. 
Being lazy when it comes to investing means spending without intent or without purpose. And let's dive into this a little bit more. I'm going to a wedding in a few months. Plus, I'm going to let you in on a little personal detail here. I am going to join a dating app. And yes, I'm a little nervous. So here comes another song. I got love on my mind. (laughs) I know you all are going to get tired of me interjecting lyrics into this podcast, but I'm having fun, so I hope you'll bear with me. But as a result of this wedding that I am about to attend in a couple of months and my decision to join a dating app, I thought it would be really interesting to really delve into this and illustrate the lazy, non-lazy parallels vis-a-vis love and money. So let's begin with save. I have a friend who has a date night with her husband every Friday. Her girlfriends know do not invite her to anything on Friday unless it is happening before their date because they've been doing date night Fridays for over 20 years. And I love it. And I plan to borrow this relationship hack the next time I am in a relationship because I think it's a great way to prioritize your relationship. It's a great way to stay connected. It's a great way to keep the spark and fun in your relationship, especially when you are in the midst of one of life's ebbs and flow moments. Just like date night keeps a relationship strong and growing, so does saving. Whether you are saving a small amount, a large amount, or something in between, and you get to define what small and large and something in between looks like in terms of value, but whether you were doing that, that is an act of having your relationship with money be strong and growing. The act of saving, the act of date night on an ongoing basis, that is key. So if you find yourself when it comes to saving constantly behind because your obligations exceed what's coming in or your cash flow is not steady, start small. And I've used this example before and I think it bears repeating, not because I am indicating that this is, might be all that you have, but to really amplify the power of small. $2.74 a day adds up to $1,000 by the end of the year. If you do it January 1 to uh, December 31, you're going to have $1,000. And this is not also to be confused with the latte factor. This is not about, you know, skip the coffee and use that money to save. I'm only using it to really reinforce the power of small. Saving is to money like date night is to your relationship. With both, you are acknowledging the power of compound interest. A little adds up to a lot. When it comes to investing, I mentioned it before, even the best of relationships are bound to hit a bump in the road. And when that happens, hopefully you don't abandon ship simply because things have become disharmonious. Instead, 
you work to figure out how do you navigate and negotiate to the other side of the challenge. And you might seek outside help for this, or you might do it on your own, but you're doing this because you want to have a greater awareness, not only about yourself as an individual, but as the two of you as a couple. And this is precisely the mindset that is required when it comes to investing. You are responsible for filling the knowledge gap if you are not investing because you lack knowledge. You are responsible for finding something that will get you over that hurdle of a lack of interest. You are responsible for not only focusing on the risk of, of what you might lose, but also acknowledging the risk of what you might lose out on, so the opportunity cost, because you didn't do it. And this is true whether you are investing on your own or if you hire someone else to do it for you. And if you do the latter, what I am going to encourage you to do is to make sure that you are working with someone that takes the time to explain what it is that they are doing on your behalf and why. And one more thing here, you need to be clear about the difference between being a trader and an investor. You can be either or, you can be both, but you need to be clear about when you are making decisions, what role or what hat you have on so that you can manage your expectations. Because being a trader and being an investor are not one in the same. Investing is to money as it is to your relationship. In that, with both, you've gotta be aware of the, the, the long-term view and the short-term view, and you've gotta understand and embrace that those bumps in the road, those short-term dips, if you will, they are a part of the process. Here's what that parallel looks like when it comes to spending. I look at spending money as being akin to spending energy in your personal relationships. And if you misuse either, you set yourself up for a potential problem down the road. That problem of not having enough at precisely the time that you need it, of not having enough money at precisely the time that you need it, of not having a strong enough relationship at the time when you most need it to be the strongest. So the question is, are you spending your money and energy in a productive way. When it is unproductive, you have leaks that you are completely unaware of, and you also have opportunities that you are just not seeing. However, when it is productive, you are actually spending your money in a way that energizes you, and you're spending your time with those people in a way that energizes you. So the litmus test when it comes to spending, whether it's money or energy, is, is it bringing you joy? And a really good question to ask yourself is, does, does this, whatever this is, <laughs> uh, bring you or the other person joy? So there you have it for some parallels of love and money and what the lazy, non-lazy uh, juxtapositions, if you will, looks like but I'm not done. I know that you know this, but it bears repeating. Relationships of all types require work.
I know you know it, like I said, but we all need a reminder sometimes to make sure that we don't get comfortable, that we don't get so comfortable that you exert minimal effort to show and give your best, that you take the other person or the money that you have for granted, and that you don't leave room for a bit of mystery, right? So in your personal relationships, that you don't leave room for a bit of mystery that comes from learning something new about a person. Or when it comes to money, that you don't leave for a bit of room for money to teach you something new about yourself. You don't want to get so comfortable that you dismiss the little things that people do to express their love for you or worse, that you feel entitled to them or to it. And similarly, you don't want to get so comfortable that you dismiss, again, the power of saving or investing in small dollar amounts and doing those things incrementally. Again, relationships of all types require work and they require that you don't get so comfortable that you exert minimal effort, you take things for granted or you dismiss things. You wouldn't do that or hope you wouldn't do it and you wouldn't think that that is acceptable in any of your personal relationships, romantic or otherwise. And it certainly shouldn't be acceptable when it comes to money. And here's why. There is a tremendous cost to being lazy with your money because you end up stunting money's ability to do what's best for you. I'm still not done. Here are a few other things to be on the lookout for in terms of ways being lazy can show up when it comes to money. You have unused subscriptions or memberships. This is a great example of a financial leak. You don't do research or comparison shopping to ensure that you are getting the best deal, especially when it comes to big ticket items, but it also could be when it comes to investing. You're not doing your own research. You're following what other people are doing, but not questioning whether or not that is really what's best for you. You pay late fees because you're unorganized. You don't create systems that will help you to succeed. You don't use tools that you actually enjoy. You don't do the internal read emotional work required to be a better steward of your money. And here's one for you. You hide behind the veil of, I don't have enough time. Money and our behavior with it has been a fascination of mine since 1987. And I get that you and a whole bunch of other people may not geek out about the intersections of emotions and psychology and money to the degree that I do. Yet I am still always a bit amazed at how passively some people can relate to their money. But that comes with a price. Being passive will not set you up for financial success. Neither will being lazy in the areas of money that you don't like dealing with or you don't feel equipped to handle. Money requires work. It requires your attention. It requires a commitment for a reason. Even more so when you hit a bump in the road as is inevitable because we are human 
and because we are on this journey called life. But given the role that money plays in your life, in your profession, in your business, what it requires of you actually isn't too much to ask, at least in my opinion. Well, that is it for today's show. I think I was on a little bit of a soapbox, and I hope you don't mind. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and listening all the way until the end. And again, if you'd like to explore working together in a coaching capacity, let's chat. You can go to jacquettetimmons.com forward slash S-P-N-B. If you'd like to show appreciation for this podcast, this episode, please share it on whatever platform you're listening from so that we can reach more people. And if you'd like to buy me a coffee, here's how you can do that. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jaquette. Again, buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jaquette. Again, tremendous thanks for tuning in to today's episode. And until next time, remember, it's about more than money.